everybody. You're listening to What's the Point Podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor Eric, and I am joined in studio today by uh, two amazing godly women that, that I admire and, and look up to, and, and I'm so thankful that they're, that they're joining us today. Uh, today we're here with uh, Susan Carter and Liz Clevenger. Glad to, to have you both in, in the studio today with us. Um, as you can imagine, this, this wonderful studio that we've, we've created in our, uh, in our cry room, our nursing room for, for mothers, mm-hmm. um, they don't have the privilege of, of doing that right now, so they get to. I mean, I, mean, I guess you get to do that from your own home, which is nice. Um, but yeah, welcome, welcome to the podcast, uh, Liz. Welcome back. This is your second time, I think. Yeah, uh, on the podcast with us. And so, just just to jump in, could you could you tell us a little bit more about your families and and how long you've been at Waypoint? Yeah. Um, so I'm Liz, um, and I've been at Waypoint for about five years now, and I'm married to Trace Clevenger. And we have two kids. Um, Abigail is going on five, and Shiloh mm. just turned two. Wow. So we have our hands full of good things, but they're mm-hmm. full. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm Susan Carter, uh, married to Jeff Carter, and we have been with Waypoint since the very beginning. Wow. Um, we met Lawrence at a get to know or, or come to find out what Waypoint Church plant is going to be about. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence was doing all the work, putting out the drinks and the food, and we said, can we help you with that? He was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Anyway, so then he didn't let us go, yeah. I think. No. So it was we a smart were, move yeah, on well, his part. Wasn't it? So, um, so it's been fun. And we um, have three kids and four grandkids, and they, most of them attend church here. The yeah. youngest one and his wife attend somewhere else, but yeah, so it's been fun to, to be a part of a church with them. Yeah, no, that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I've uh, gotten to know, I've gotten to work alongside the youngest one, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. he's kind of a, a mixed bag, I guess, <laughs> you'd say it more or less. Uh, no, Joey's awesome. He and loves you. He's, he's such a fun person to be around. Um, I, I imagine that he's he takes after you guys a little bit and just is just, in terms of his personality, he's, just, he's such a fun person to be around. Um, you know, you, you both, I, I don't know if you know this, but you both were kind of pivotal, at least your families in some way, were, were pivotal in, in my family joining Waypoint. Um, so Trace and Liz were a part of inviting us to come, and they're like, yeah, you should, we, we love Waypoint, you should come check it out. And so we uh, we decided to do that. And we we actually had attended Waypoint one time uh, the summer before we, we started coming, and uh, I think, hmm. Susan, I think you were the greeter that, that morning. You just happened to be the greeter Probably. when we came. And, uh, and so we, we came back another time, this time after, uh, after the club just had invited us back. And, and Susan, you were greeting again. <laughs> and you, you were uh, you, the original hospitality <laughs> team, right? And so you, we, we came and we were like, we came to the, the first time guest yeah. uh, tent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but, but you're like, you guys have been here before, haven't you? You recognized Ooh. us, and we're like, "Wow, like they they must yeah. really care about people here." Like they they were like we came months and months ago, but you remembered us, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, that's yeah. that's really cool." Like that's that seems like a that's been a rare thing in my church experience, um, and so I was like, "That that was like our first impression again, or like our reacclimation to to Waypoint." So cool. uh, really good. cool, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking on the podcast about family discipleship, 
And so I've brought in the experts today. They, they, <laughs> they have, uh, we've already joked about uh, about their expertise and and um, where they feel like they're at on, on this journey. Uh, I think we're, we all feel like parenting is is a journey. And uh, maybe Susan, you could tell us that it never ends, right? You, you never even once they leave the home, it's it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we jump in, I, I just want to give a, a brief caveat. So so I want us to think for us in, in the room, and then and for those who are listening in today. Uh, we're going to approach this conversation not not from not just with one role in mind, but but with we're thinking about us as wearing multiple hats. So uh, for you two, your your um, your daughters, your mothers, uh, maybe your sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a son, a father, a husband, um, and so we we want to take all of those things into consideration as as we're thinking about family discipleship and what is family discipleship? What does this look like? Um, and so that's, that's how we're going to be walking in this conversation uh, today. And so a- as we jump in, let's just start from the basics. When, when you hear the, the phrase family discipleship, what do you mm. think about? Um, yeah, so I think for me, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I really am just kind of going off of what, what we're trying like in the given month or week that we're in, uh, in a sense. And so when I hear the term family discipleship, um, yeah, I just think of really trying to just follow Jesus as a family. Um, sometimes some things come to mind of like doing the Bible stories with my kids. So like, especially Abigail, like as she's getting older, doing more of that. Um, some with Shiloh now. Um, but really trying to step more into as Abigail's getting older, what does it look like for us to be applying these things to our daily lives? Um, and so, yeah, not just in like a you know, I think Trace grew up in a Christian home, so for him, he really has the experience behind sitting down, doing family devotionals, um, his parents really leading him well in that. Um, and so for him, too, he just really presses on the importance of, like, all right, how are we applying this? How are we speaking it into the everyday? Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. That's where we want to be at. That's not true every day, but um, that's kind of what comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess uh, for us, I don't know <clears throat> if when we when we had children, I don't we didn't necessarily sit down and have a strategic plan for how we're going to disciple our children. Mm-hmm. Maybe we did. I don't remember. I don't, that doesn't stand out in my mind. Certainly, we knew we wanted to raise our kids to know the Lord, and that was our utmost goal was that they would know the Lord. How we were going to model that, or teach that, or disciple that, I don't know that we really had a good plan um, but along the way uh, we kind of established plans we um, certainly did a lot of praying for our children um, of course we knew our children were going to go to church with us um, that's part of our life um, but then it wasn't I guess probably until they were getting a little older that we started being a little more intentional I mean we prayed at bedtime we read Bible stories, all that kind of thing. But um, but I guess as they got a little older, we started thinking more about things like we wanted them to participate in, at the church we were going to at the time, they had, um, they called it Kids Club, and it was every Wednesday night. It was kind of like Awanas that a lot of people would be familiar with, and we, it was important to us that they, they go to that. Um, and just a number of things along the way, I'm going to I'm probably going to jump ahead here, but things like uh, we used to take our kids to Christian concerts. If there was some event that was geared towards kids or youth that was Christian oriented that we knew 
who was sponsoring it, we took them or we sent them with whoever was going. Um, good or bad, we felt like, you know, the, the more they heard about Jesus from others besides us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. And hopefully, because, you know, if you're a parent, sometimes you tell your kids something and they look at mm-hmm. you like you have three heads, but somebody else tells mm-hmm. them and it's like, oh, wow. Right. So we just wanted to, to have as much infusion from other sources as we could. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think for for me, um, kind of coming from a, a maybe a similar background as, as Liz, and, and not really, um, I mean, I guess I guess in some ways, no, no matter what, I mean, maybe not everybody calls it discipleship, mm-hmm. but what's happening in the context of your home is discipleship mm-hmm. in some yeah. form. So it's it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a matter of what are you discipling the people in your home to become mm-hmm. like what, what's yeah. what's the goal like what's the mm-hmm. trajectory but i think in, when i when i think about family discipleship what comes to mind is is this kind of uh maybe one size fits all formula of mm-hmm. you know it's on tuesday nights we're all sitting we're gathered circled around and we're, we're doing this little bible study and uh we're like asking this series of questions or going through this devotional book and and um and that that's what it what it has to look like uh, it, it can look like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, like, and maybe, uh, maybe at certain seasons of, of mm-hmm. life, but I can't do that with my two-year-old mm-hmm. or my, my three-year-old, my, my almost two-year-old, one-year-old, and think that, you know, I, I can't ask my son who's not even two yet, hey, what do you think about Jesus? Because he can't even say so many words. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still learning that I can't. I can't ask my daughter why because she like that's not how her mind is really thinking right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Like she'll ask me why questions, but she can't mm-hmm. formulate the, like the logical mm-hmm. thought process mm-hmm. of all. This. So so it's uh, it's kind of some, some of the things that I'm hearing from from you both is just in some ways there's there's intentionality. In some ways it's it's like you're you're kind of figuring out as you go mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you're you're you know what what commitments you have as a family and. Uh, you're bringing your kids into that, and mm-hmm. you're you're let, you're letting them walk alongside you in that. You're not mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want my kids to know I'm a Christian, or I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you didn't mm-hmm. hide those things. You valued those things, and you upheld them in front of them. Um, and so before before we even t- get into more of discipling kids and uh, of all different ages and in our homes, uh, I wanted to take a step back too, and then even think about you know discipleship or. Um, just spiritual maturity growing alongside your spouse. Um, you know what? How did how did you and your spouse decide what to do about discipleship in your home with e- each other? Or you know, I, I hear of um, I hear about married couples as, as they are getting married. They ask the question, you know, what what does uh, being led spiritually look like, or, or what? How does that? How does spiritual maturity happen in the life of our marriage? Is that something you guys you've thought about or like have have navigated with your own spouses? And if so, could you maybe elaborate for us? Yeah, um, I think first of all, getting married like just begins this really long journey of um, just bringing out the like the best in each other, but also the worst. Like I just think about how just growing together like as a married couple first like we you know we're seeking the Lord together and we are getting involved in different ministries together um but like within our home context we're also seeing like 
oh, this person's not perfect. And wow, they, you know, I, they love the Lord. And like, yes, like my husband points me to the Lord, but like, these are also areas that, oh, I didn't know that about you before we got married. And like mm. same, you know, vice versa. Like, I just feel like the things that happen in our, like for me and Trace, at least the things that happen within our marriage as we are seeing each other's sin and Jesus really being the one that empowers us to forgive each other and to bear with one another and to seek the good of the other, like that at home, you know, home field or whatever, like that outflows into how we are sharing that love and grace with our children and then going further, like to our neighbors, to our church family. Like it just, I just feel like that relationship is really where we're, there's some sparks flying, you know, but like the Lord really uses that and like those hard things. So I don't know them getting to answer your question. I think just like for us though, in thinking about discipling our, what family discipleship looks like, um, yeah, it hasn't been super structured in our house probably, at least between me and him. Um, we are doing different reading plans right now, but like we still touch base and we still talk to each other about like, what's the Lord challenging you in lately? Um, we struggle with our sin in front of each other and it's like, okay, what about the gospel? Like, what is it about God that you need to hear right now? What thing are you not believing right now that I can help speak into you? Um, and we want to do that with our kids too. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if that totally answers your question, but that's kind of where we're at. No, no. I mean, so you know, one thing that I've really enjoyed uh, for, between Sarah and I is, is when she's, she's been doing these seasons of, of joining in with the women's Bible studies and so she ends up thinking about these things or, or having questions or, or kind of working through processing. Um, I mean, at, at the time it was Genesis. Now, now the women are about to start Colossians. And so, um, but she's like processing these questions and she's thinking about it and thinking about, um, you know, having these conversations with other women getting d- deeper in the Bible. And uh, I've really, I've loved that she's doing that because I end up asking her questions um, and then, unfortunately, sometimes she asks me questions as, as we're, like, trying to navigate some of these uh, different things about the text. And it, it just, like, sparks all of these uh, good, rich conversations that I just, I'm really thankful for. And I'm really thankful that she is is digging deeper in the Word, and, and I'm digging deeper in the Word. And we get to, like, share that. Like like you're saying, Liz, it's not, it's not like we're always reading the same thing at the right. same time, but, but, um, but that we do get excited about it, and we do... Uh, share it with each other. We we end up asking questions just to say, hey, what do you think about this? Or how 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 do you approach this text? Or what what are you? Uh, how are you growing in that? Yeah. Um, I think that's good. That uh, it's it's good for me to hear that you guys are saying, well, we don't necessarily have a structured. Um, like we sit down every night yeah. and we continue reading this passage of scripture and talking it through and. Because over the years, I mean, we've we've tried that at different times. We've tried we've tried that uh, between the two of us, Jeff and I, or also between us and the kids to have some regular. And it seems to always fail. And by fail, I mean we we don't keep up with it. Um, not that it's not valuable when we do it, but it it seems to be hard to keep up with. And that used to really frustrate me because I thought kind of a Christian parent am I who can't even have regular devotions with my kids or you know what kind of wife we can't even have regular devotions and um, and I think the older I've learned so much more as an older person <laughs> than I did I, I guess it's the culmination of all the things I've learned but I I feel like I have grown 
tremendously spiritually. So I have learned that um, that it is not critical that you have. This is my opinion that you have uh, strategically planned uh, spiritual conversations with your spouse mm-hmm. at regular intervals, and the same with your children. Because I think we we get so I can because I can be legalistic, get so focused on gotta get that done, mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't happen, I feel like well that was that was just what a failure. Instead of recognizing God's grace and His mm-hmm. His sovereignty, and that He is going to provide those opportunities for us to interact with our spouse. Now, we have to be seeking those, of course, you know, and wanting that, but to get frustrated when it doesn't happen by a schedule or in a certain way, because it seems that over time, the the situations where it seems like real discipleship is happening are those times when it wasn't necessarily planned. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's what happened. And afterward, it's like, wow, that was powerful. I could mm-hmm. never have orchestrated that. So I think to just not be hard on ourselves, mm-hmm. for those of us who can be, when we feel like we're not doing what seems like the right thing to do for a Christian spouse or a Christian parent, and just trusting that God is going to provide those opportunities. If we ask Him every day, God, just show me where I need to be leading, teaching, caring for and he does. I mean, mm-hmm. without fail, he doesn't fail. He is consistent. And so he will give us those opportunities. So I guess I want to encourage young parents, young married people, even us older married people with adult children to, we are free, mm-hmm. you know, and to not feel like we have this bondage of creating this certain kind of marriage or these certain kinds of kids, mm-hmm. because we can't do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we can't do it. Yeah. And I'm Always, always been the kind of person that's like, yes, I can. I can do it. Or yeah. I just do all the right things, and and it's very freeing to at this point in my life to realize I don't have to do those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I want to teach my kids to grow up to know Jesus. Now I have grandkids. I want to teach them to grow up to know Jesus. But I don't need to make it such a a thing, you know. Just live my life and let God work through that. And I think. That he does. I mean, mm-hmm. he gives opportunities. I want to give this one example of, um, I'm going to try to say it carefully because it's a little bit sensitive information, but growing up, we always listened to Christian radio. Mm-hmm. So one day, Jeff is driving a child who will remain nameless, but to somewhere, <laughs> they're listening to Christian radio. There's a, there's a little ad, I guess, on radio commercial for some particular place for unwed mothers. Mm-hmm. And um, this child said, I don't understand that. And this child was maybe nine, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. It's not fair that those, those young women um, are, are pregnant and, and have to go somewhere um, with their uh, – try to say this the right way. She f- she did not understand how things worked at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. I've just revealed it's a girl. <laughs> did not understand how things worked, and Jeff had to talk about it. And yeah. he had to talk yeah. about why um, why that it was it, – it might not have been these girls' choices to have babies, mm-hmm. but it's our belief that, that God planned that. And mm-hmm. there's these organizations that work with young women who are in unplanned pregnancies and help them through that. And he had to – go even further in details in Mm. that because but it was just one of those moments and i think god just provides those opportunities and sometimes we might feel like well i wasn't ready for that conversation but but it was a conversation that um needed to happen because she was very confused about this and he cleared a lot of things up for her and i think that she may not even remember that situation but um 
it's traumatic for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like learning to navigate hard conversations. Yes, yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's not like, okay, mm-hmm. at this week and at this day and time, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's it very much like, in the moment. Here we go. Yeah. So I guess I'm, you know, I just want us to feel encouraged that mm-hmm. God is with us and he will mm-hmm. help yeah, us at those yeah. times and he will help us teach our children. And it might not look like the way we thought we were going to be teaching them, but right. he's going to give us the opportunities um, and we just need to be ready to step in and, and go with that opportunity. But yeah. And, and we do have these rhythms that we've built in. You know, we've, we've kind of alluded to these things. I mean, it's like going to church is not, we don't do that out of obligation. We do that out of, uh, I mean, for one, because it's, it's a joy to us. It's, it's a, in some ways it is a, a spiritual discipline to, to gather together as the body, but we believe that's what uh, God has called us to. And, and that it's, it's a means of grace to us as, as we get to grow together um, and learning more about his mm-hmm. word. And, and we, you know, we have small group gatherings or we, we have, um, you know, these other resources or other, other ways that we um, try to walk alongside each other. And, and we want to bring, uh, our family members into that as as we're uh, pursuing maturity and growing in Christ and, and becoming who God has, has called us to be, who's, who's made us to be um, in, in light of uh, the kingdom work that we get to be a part of and, and how we're, we're changing and, and uh, being empowered by, by God's spirit to move. And, and we want to invite our, our families into that and to, to speak into that. And mm-hmm. to, so we, so there's rhythms and there's moments that, um, like you're alluding to some some moments, uh, Susan, as as you go that that come up where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to bring my Christian worldview into perspective here as as I try to walk my child mm-hmm. through this question mm-hmm. and, and try to navigate maybe something that they're not fully ready for. Maybe as a parent, you're not fully ready for, but <laughs> but trying to work through and and that's mm-hmm. I think part of discipleship. It's mm-hmm. part of it's it's uh, discipling as as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Susan, you already alluded to this earlier on, um, but but just even to to bring it back into to perspective, what what would you say is just very generally speaking your your goal in parenting or some of your aims in parenting? Well, I, I mean, certainly like like we said before, was that our kids would know the Lord, and I, and secondly, that you know, frankly that they'd be good citizens, you know, that they would be respectful of other people, that they would. Um, make right choices that they would obey the law that you know and of course we have no control over our children and their choices because um god has given them free will that's one thing when um our kids were young there was a i think he maybe he's still alive john roseman who is a child psychologist who's also a christian but he's written a lot of books and he had Mm -hmm. a column in the newspaper if anybody knows what a newspaper is, um, <clears throat> that I read regularly. Those were around when we were kids. <laughs> they were. Yeah, you probably remember true. them as children. Yeah. That's right. And um, and I remember one column one day in particular when he was giving a scenario where a child had lied about something and the parent was distraught. I've taught my child not to lie. I just, what have I done wrong? And And what do I need to do better? And he said, you haven't done anything wrong. You've taught your child not to lie. Your child has the the ability to choose between right and wrong, and they mm. chose wrong. But that doesn't mean you're a bad parent. Mm. It doesn't mean that your child's going to grow up to be a bad person. Mm. It's just it's it, we all have to learn, and that particularly helped me tremendously because I think I um, felt a lot of pressure for my children's 
decisions and their behavior. I mean, I think most parents do. When mm-hmm. your child misbehaves, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a bad parent. Well, they're going to misbehave. They're mm-hmm. going to do things. They're going to make bad choices because they have to do it to learn just like we did. I made mm-hmm. bad choices. I misbehaved. And, right. um, and I think that, you know, just recognizing that is, is very, just very helpful. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of pressure off, I think, mm-hmm. that to still be able to teach them but roll with the punches when they do things that we're like, we've taught them better than that. Yeah. Well, you know, and this this might be the time when they realize, wow, you're right. I, mm. I won't ever do that again. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and I'll just echo what Susan said about our primary goal. Yeah, we really do want them to know and love the Lord and follow Him. Um, and I think, I was talking about this with Trace, actually, and we were just thinking how, like, yeah, that's our goal, but it's kind of a paradox. I don't know if that's the right word for this. Because it's not something we can do. Like, I can't right. mm-hmm. make my children know and love Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And that was, that's been really humbling for us mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. say, okay, so then what is my role in this? What is my role in this goal? And something that really stood out to me, um, I've been looking at John lately, and in John 1, it talks about John the Baptist, and it says that um, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely that he was not the Messiah, and that just really struck a chord for me that I want to confess freely to my children that I am not the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Mommy is wow. not perfect. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want to hold Jesus out as mm-hmm. the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think looking at some of my functional goals, like I have a primary goal, like that's what I want my goal to be on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you, you know, if you peek into my house on any given day, you might see some functional goals of, oh, I think her goal is that her children will obey. Like that's uh-huh. like her goal is obedience. <laughs> right. Right. Because that's what she's getting so anxious right. about. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I get anxious about. Mm-hmm. Or where is my identity as a parent, right? Like, can I be right. okay if my kids are not okay? Um, right. Is my identity actually wrapped up in Jesus and his righteousness? Or is it wrapped up mm-hmm. in producing perfect mm-hmm. children who mm-hmm. love and follow Jesus? Like, no, it's not. And he's the one who's going to save them. And so that's mm-hmm. been um, just, I feel like, just within this past like season of COVID and like all these things where parenting has gotten really hard. Yeah. Um, it's gotten really challenging and the lack, the, the decline in like how much community we're mm-hmm. having right now, mm-hmm. um, I think has really just pushed us to see like, okay, this is not, our hope is not in our kids being perfect and, and it's actually going to crush them if I put that on them to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I need to hold out Jesus as being perfect in their place mm-hmm. for them. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to grow in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's so mm-hmm. good too. I mean, just just to hold those things in tension of wanting something that's really good. I mean, we really yeah. really want our kids to to know and love Jesus, mm-hmm. but also we can't set our we can't make our goals or our aims be something that are unattainable for us, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. live under the pressure and weight of that. As, as it sounds like mm-hmm. is what you're both kind of saying mm-hmm. is we. <laughs> We can't make that decision for them. Right. I mean, by virtue of them being in our families and growing up in our in our homes, they're gonna they're gonna learn what it means to live in that environment where we'd say even even our home is a place where the lordship of Jesus reigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, say it's over mm-hmm. everything, but uh, as Christians, we're saying Jesus' lordship is here, mm-hmm. and the parents in this home are not the ultimate authority. God and His Word is the ultimate authority, and, and we want to abide by that. Mm-hmm. Now, God's Word has given us authority over our kids, and we want them to learn to listen and to lo- to be loving and, and mm-hmm. obedient. And um, mm-hmm. you know, kids 
I, I'm experiencing this right right now. I'm not going to give names, but but some <laughs> some kids are are, uh, exper- are are experimenting with boundaries, mm-hmm. and it's like quite that. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and but even even being able to keep that perspective in view of I want to I want to represent God well to my kids. I want I want to point them back to to Jesus and and Liz, like you're saying, I don't, I don't want my kids to think that I'm their savior. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to grow up thinking, oh, I I, I need my parents to approve of me. Right. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that. Like that shouldn't even be a question for them. I, is is my hope is that they don't even think about that. Like, does do my parents love and care for me? Absolutely. And and even like why why do I tell my kids that every night? Mm-hmm. Why do I keep telling them mm-hmm. I love you and mm-hmm. and and reminding them of, and and Jesus loves you? Why why do I do this? Why do I like I shouldn't have to keep reminding them? They should just know at this point. But but I want them to remember. I never want them to to end the day not knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean that they're they're gonna make all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I want to be firm. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be firm and gracious. Uh, I don't want to just be a pushover in my, in my parenting and, and think uh, if I if I relax on this, then they're going to get away with something, mm-hmm. or they're going to think I'm a pushover, and and they're going to um, you know, especially as one is exploring boundaries, it's mm-hmm. you know, there there are some thoughts of am I gonna am I gonna screw this up? Like, mm-hmm. am I am I gonna let allow my child to think something that. Uh, or like let them take the reins, so to speak. And um, yeah. I think I think being able to have the freedom, like as y'all are talking about, freedom in that of realistic goals, and and mm-hmm. just saying, I just want to, I just want you to to at least be presented with who Jesus is, mm-hmm. right. and that He really loves you, mm-hmm. and let that be applied at, at their level. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I don't think you can present who Jesus is apart from the law, right? Like. Right. You have to present the law. The law is there. It mm-hmm. shows us how good God is, and it shows us His righteousness. Mm-hmm. It shows us how much we can't do it, right? Like, it mm-hmm. shows us that we can't be as good as He is. Um, and so to have a home where we just put out the law is going to be crushing. Um, if, our, if our approval and love, like, if, they are, if that's what they're perceiving is, oh, Daddy loves me, Mommy loves me when I do X, Y, Z, like, on our family law or mm-hmm. the law of the word like right even if we take know and follow jesus and put that as a law over our kids like that's also dangerous and so but to hold out the law and to show this is who god is and like this is what we are expecting you to strive toward but to also simultaneously say and here is like what he did for us right like here's jesus to be perfect on our behalf um I just have noticed lately in myself, sometimes when I just put law on my kids and I say, like, and or I seem shocked when they sin, how could, how could you hurt your brother like that? Or what, what were you thinking? Like, it's just, why am I shocked? Like, I shouldn't be shocked. I <laughs> sin every day. Right. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised at her sin. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think that if I heap shame on her, mm-hmm. then that will help change her behavior. And that's not what changes her behavior. God couldn't change our hearts with the law, just the law. He, he actually brought about an obedience by faith. And so how do I hold in tension this standard, this law that God's given us that is good? He calls it good. But then also always hold out Jesus and say, I know, sweetie, yeah, that, that, this is a hard thing to do. We need God's help. Like, let's pray together and ask Jesus to help us do this. Um, it's a hard thing to hold in tension. Well, and I also think that in those situations, when one child has misbehaved, 
you have to call them out on it. But they, but like you said, but you still, they still see that love from you. So that's that's what God does for us. He calls us out on things when when we need to be convicted. But He says, "But I still love you. I am still here with my open arms. You can go as far away as you want." I'm still here for you, and I think I felt that way as a child because um, my I was I was raised in a Christian home, and um, and I never felt like I knew what my parents wanted me to do. I knew they wanted me how they wanted me to be, behave, and I am mm-hmm. a firstborn, so okay. you know, <laughs> okay. probably didn't know that about me. Never could tell, <laughs> but um, but I also knew that when they were disappointed in me for something I had done that I should not have, that I knew they loved me still. So I think that. You know that show that exhibits Christ yeah. because there's rules, yep. but there's yeah. still love, yeah. and you have the freedom to to not always follow the rules because there's always forgiveness and there's always right. redemption, and you know it, right. it, there's yeah. freedom in that yeah. because sometimes we break the rules and we didn't mean to, sometimes we just outright mean to, and you know, and it, but there's there's uh, forgiveness and redemption regardless. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and I think showing that to our kids and yeah. having them know that they are loved no matter what. Yeah. Doesn't mean they don't have consequences when they've right. done wrong. Because right. that's right. not still loving loved. to right. not let exactly. them feel the weight of that's their right. misbehavior now. Right. Like we want to build wisdom in right. them. Right. Um, I think sometimes we think they're just two camps. It's like either you're all mm-hmm. soft and mm-hmm. like there's no mm-hmm. right no rules in the house or you're I want like them to know all I love firm. Them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so as we're, we're talking, we're, we're kind of going this way. I mean, it sounds like uh, some of the things that I've, I've heard both of you say is, is trying to take some of the pressure off of this, like being able to not take yourself too seriously mm-hmm. as you're parenting, and and being able to to accept grace. I mean, that accept grace for yourself and, and as you're going, which is, uh, I mean, that that by itself is is challenging. I mean, it's, I find it challenging to mm-hmm. to be able to um, give myself grace as as I go. Um, but but I feel like in, in some of the things you're talking about, even the fact that the things that you're saying resonate with me makes me think, okay, maybe we, we've ex- experienced some of the same things in our parenting yeah. As, yeah. and we're navigating some of the same challenges or have, have navigated mm-hmm. some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you're even seeing again as... as uh, grandmother, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you don't have to feel that anymore. Maybe that's, that's a whole that's different part, view. part of the perk. But, <laughs> it's um, a better view. <laughs> How, how, less pressure. how important has it been for you to to make mistakes as a parent before your kids and then own up to them? Um, so we have started to love this thing that we call do-overs in our home. Mm-hmm. They are so hard when it's me that needs to do the do-over. Uh-huh. Um, but it's really sweet to see if my kids do it kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. Usually I have to prompt them and be like, do you need a do-over? But when they do it, it's like awesome. So... Um, I'm going to put a plug in for Connected Families because it's a parenting course that we mm-hmm. did um, with a small group at Waypoint with some awesome families. And um, part of what they encouraged was this idea of do-overs and to to practice before our kids, not to think that, oh, a moment's gone by and now it's too late to redeem that moment, but to say, okay, like I can step back and say, okay, I don't like how I just spoke to you. Like that wasn't, I didn't want to speak out of that anger. Like mommy needs a do-over and to do it over with them and to ask for forgiveness. Like, I think that has really changed our relationship. I don't really necessarily like the process of doing it, but I really like the fruit that I'm seeing from it of like, of my daughter becoming more comfortable with apologizing or just not feeling the need to like, she still does this. She still kind of hides 
when she makes a mistake like there's still that shame it's like almost palpable like you can just see it Mm -hmm. um but to see that kind of melt away a little bit Mm -hmm. and just be like oh like we have do-overs in our homes and this is a safe place to mess up Mm -hmm. Some days, some days we need to really work on that. She's a firstborn. It's really hard for us to to acknowledge that we did something wrong because we feel so shameful. Yes, that we have disappointed. And so sometimes that's to our detriment, though, because then it's it's harder to, I think, admit wrong that that we've done wrong. So is this a firstborn thing? This is helpful for me to hear. I mean, I'm not a firstborn. I'm like, where are you getting all this shit? Like, am I making? Am I like keeping shame on you? I'm a middle child, so I don't. Yeah, we're both middle children. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. I don't. I haven't studied, you know, birth order. Okay. <laughs> but I, I do know that for me, whenever I did anything wrong, and it was found out, I felt terrible shame. And yeah. I don't remember ever feeling like it's because someone else imposed that shame mm-hmm. on me. Okay. I think I imposed it on myself because I disappointed myself because mm-hmm. I knew better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I one simple teeny example when I was in high school in French class. Um, we were having we had an exam and this boy sitting over here was wanting to look at my paper because I did it better than he did (laughs) I was better at French than he was and so and I pushed my paper over the, uh, so that he could see my paper and don't you know that teacher Mademoiselle Suzanne I was like oh my gosh <laughs> and I you know and I, I, I still remember that to this day yeah. and she wasn't putting shame on me she was just calling me out for mm-hmm. cheating and mm-hmm. she did not give me a, a, an F as she yeah. should have mm-hmm. and I mean I whew. but Yes, I think we impose that on ourselves, some of us. Um, And so I would absolve you of of feeling like you're making your daughter feel shame because part of it's just just, she's just feeling it. Yes, right, right. Yeah, because we don't want to disappoint. Yeah, you know. So I I imagine it would be traumatic to have somebody yelling at you in another language too. (laughs) Maybe part (laughs) of the the, the memory of it, but (laughs) oh, it's terrible, (laughs) man. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I think that. like I have, I have these moments where I, I realize too that it, when there when there are these conflicts that I, I'm not fully in the right, and I know that I could I could just let it be that way, like that let the the issue be resolved in that way that I, I'm in the right, you're in the wrong, um, but sometimes, uh, and, and this is even even as a spouse, um, maybe maybe it's a little different in, in that regard that. I'm usually in the wrong in that in that case, and Sarah could be that as, as that I that she's always in the right. But um, there, there's like mutual grace and understanding that of of just like coming alongside each other and and being able to admit, being able to to repent in our home together uh, or before each other, and, and realizing, no, I have done you wrong, mm-hmm. um, and to know that even I don't know those those thing those things are are salient in my mind of. Even as like Esther and Elliot, but specifically Esther's like processing mm-hmm. some of these things that are going on. Like, Daddy got really angry, and she like mm-hmm. retells the story to <laughs> yeah. to mommy, and yeah. um, and just hearing like, yeah, like she, like what is she perceiving? What is she, what is she noticing about what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, she she recognizes what she's done, and once it's been revealed, she doesn't really try to like lie about it. She'll she'll tell you what happened or you know you ask her questions Mm -hmm. she'll she'll say yes or no or or be able to to tell you what's going Mm -hmm. on but but then even you know what about daddy what did what did daddy Mm -hmm. do um daddy got really mad Mm -hmm. and and so to be able to come back to her and and say you're right like i got 
I got angry or I did this and I shouldn't have. That was wrong mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. Will you forgive me? Um, have been really, I think, powerful moments in, in our home, really helpful, mm-hmm. uh, at least helpful for me and just like my kids and, and for Sarah to be able to, to forgive me and, and to know that, um, I mean, and, and trying to, you know, as, as a two-year-old or as a three-year-old can, can process that mm-hmm. uh, to, to a level and we, we want to continue to grow in understanding and, and there's still a ways to go in, in that. But, but I think those things have been so mm-hmm. beneficial. I, I feel like the Spirit has, has used those in our home um, and I, I think it's honoring to the Lord when, when we do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm grateful to to I'm not grateful in the moment, but I'm I'm grateful for at this at, on this side of it right. to to see the outcomes of that and, and mm-hmm. to kind of work through that and, and and how we're I think growing as a family in that way. As as we're thinking about discipleship and, and specifically uh, parenting, discipling our kids, you know something that as as you get older, maybe, maybe specifically once I like entered youth group. Um, or was youth group age, so like middle school, high school, you, you kind of started to hear it or, or see, like I, I noticed these different approaches to discipleship, um, not, not saying one's better than the other or, or like trying to put uh, a, a mindset down. But some, some, peop- some families would kind of use the church as, as the sole discipler. They, they'd say like, uh, and, and maybe that's because they just they didn't feel confident in themselves or they didn't feel like they were equipped to do that themselves. They didn't know what discipleship was supposed to look like. And so they're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring you to the church. And that's what they were able to do. And, and praise God that, that he uses that. And, and mm-hmm. the church is able to come mm-hmm. alongside and partner with families in that. Mm-hmm. And then some, some fam- I've seen some other families who are like, we're going to do it all ourselves. And, and so there's, there's not going to be this kind of cooperation or, or mutual mm-hmm. working together. And, and I think... Um, maybe I'd, I'd land somewhere in the middle on that of uh, like, and, and, and language that we've used at Waypoint is we're like parents are the primary disciplers of our, of our kids and of our homes. Um, but primary doesn't mean only. Mm-hmm. It's not a, an exclusive thing. Uh, I think it's, it's just helping parents understand that that is part of your response. Like that's, and it's a jo- like you get mm-hmm. to spend the most time with your kids out of anybody. And so, um, you know, the church wants to equip and walk alongside you in that. Um, but in, in that same kind of vein, you know, the, the Apostle Paul uh, says in, in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he says, to imitate me as I, as I imitate Christ. And, and so I think about, um, you know, just this, bringing in this idea of modeling, imitating. Uh, and, and you said at the very beginning, Susan, how you would say one thing, or you'd be trying to teach your kids one thing, and it just, for whatever reason, wasn't connecting mm-hmm. with them. But then some, somebody else, some other godly person would come in and, and maybe say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And the kids are, your kids are like, oh, I get it now. Like, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Look how, and they come, they probably come to you and be like, look how awesome this person is. They taught <laughs> me this. Like, and like, I've been teaching you that for years, <laughs> right? And so, could you could you just speak to the importance of that? Speak speak to the importance of one modeling, but then also like other godly voices being present in your kids' lives. Mm-hmm. When uh, our oldest started high school, one of the first things we did, or before she started high school, actually, was we we are very. Um, fond of the ministry Young Life, which brings Jesus to kids in 
schools, middle school, high school, and college, actually. And um, we knew um, Jeff actually had been discipled in Young Life. He actually didn't come to know Christ till he was in college, but mm-hmm. it started with his Young Life leader, who mm-hmm. was the example to him. Um, and so we contacted the local area Young Life and said, we have a child going to high school this year. You need to find her, <laughs> and you need to you need to do something with her. You need to love her. You need to teach her Jesus. <laughs> Not that she was, not that she was doing anything wrong. She wasn't. But we just wanted that influence because we knew how important that had been for Jeff, mm-hmm. and um, and we just know, and you guys know, you were teenagers. You know that you, you, you respect others' opinions sometimes a little more than your parents at the moment. You mm-hmm. later realize your parents loved you and you respect what they were trying to teach you. But in that moment, sometimes it needs to be other people who are also speaking into your life. And so, um, so young life came through and, and she, um, got it. So one of the leaders contacted her. She became really close with that leader, loved her. Um, it was a college student and, um, and then all of our kids came through Young Life and were, you know, discipled by young people, college students who to them were cooler than we were, mm-hmm. obviously, at sure. the time. So, it's because um, they didn't realize at the moment, like, it, it takes you, like, once you're a teenager, it takes you like another 10, 15 years before you realize my parents are kind of cool. Right. right. I mean, I know they think we're cool now. <laughs> Right. Um, but so that's the kind of thing we did. We, we we were intentional about trying to get them exposed to other people that we knew could could lead them towards Christ and could model that for him, uh, for them. Um, so, yeah, so that's the kind of thing we did. I mean, even when one of our kids was in middle school, um, if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University and just, uh, you know, just a godly way to manage your money for the most part um jeff used to play these cds in the car driving actually it was joey driving him to school and joey learned so much about financial uh stuff Mm -hmm. that year just listening to that so you know you just sort of grab those times when you can um when you can infuse any amount of information into them and i think allowing other people to participate in that is great and of course our kids went to church youth group and they had great youth group leaders there and our kids went willingly there are friends of ours whose kids would not go and that's a whole other thing that's hard because you know do you force them to go Mm -hmm. um do you reward them for going i mean you know what do you do and that's tough we were fortunate that our kids went willingly and and loved it um it's a whole other thing when you've got kids that won't, and I, I can't really speak to that. I've seen it, and it's hard. And I know I have friends whose kids didn't want to participate in any of that, and it was hard for their believing parents. And yeah. um, so that's a challenge. So I, I, yeah, I don't have answers for that. Mm-hmm. Prayer, of course, mm-hmm. keep praying and have your friends pray for your kids. Yeah, one more thing, Jeff and a friend. We we had lots of close Christian friends who we raised our kids together. That's important, and and I know that you guys do that, and lots of people at Waypoint particularly do that, and that is critical because then you can bounce these things off each other. I said this to my child. What do you think? I said the same thing to my kid, and then you're like, okay, okay, maybe I'm not just totally out there. But there were um, a couple of guys, one in particular that Jeff met with for years and years and years. Um, Once a week, they got together, and they got together for the soul purpose of praying for their families Mm -hmm. um and um this particular friend's daughter actually knew that her her dad and jeff got together to pray um and pray for her Mm -hmm. and she's had a lot of struggles over the over her life and um 
she felt comfortable enough one time when she could not reach her parents who were somewhere not reachable that she called Jeff to to Mm -hmm. ask him for some help and that was just sweet and that meant a lot to Jeff actually um that she felt comfortable enough because she said, you know, the struggles I've been through because you and my dad pray for me. And can you help me right now? Mm-hmm. You know, over the phone. So anyway, so it's, it's just we just have to all kind of help each other along and take advantage of opportunities for our kids to um, know Jesus. And it might sometimes be just praying for them with with another believer who will come alongside and say, can you pray with me for my kids? Because, yeah, yeah um, I'm trying to think of what to add. I, I yeah, I love having friends who are mm-hmm. like in similar life stages, but also those who are more removed from those life stages, mm-hmm. and they can speak into my kids' lives as well. Um, yeah, and just actually, it was just the other day, like Sarah, Eric's wife Sarah, like was able to talk to Abigail about something. It was, um, uh, it was like she wanted something that belonged to someone else, and they didn't feel like sharing at the time, and so she just really got. She was able to speak to the heart level of what Abigail was going through in that moment. And just getting back to your question of, like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ, like, like God, like, contextualized the gospel for us. He, like, became flesh and blood, someone that we could touch, see, hear, like, mm-hmm. see, like, manifest and make known the Father to us. And I just think about, like, with our kids, there's some areas in their lives as they're growing older that, like, I'm, I like, God made us members of one body. Like, mm-hmm. Other people mm-hmm. who like love the Lord and be able to speak into mm-hmm. the things that interest her or um, challenges that she fa- she's going to face in life that someone else can kind of contextualize. Like this is here is how the gospel speaks into that. Like what you're going through. I, I think we tend to, or at least earlier on, we really um, compartmentalize. Like for me, at least, I would compartmentalize. Like this is when we talk about spiritual things, and this is when we just do like daily life stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how cool it is to see like that instance with Sarah to just bring in a truth about who God is or a truth about who they are um, in the midst of that. It was really sweet to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that I, I imagine. I mean, in, even in my my brief stints as a parent, that <laughs> that uh, you know, my approach to parenting evolves. It changes over time. And even maybe some years are harder than others, or maybe some eras or seasons of of some years are are just harder to navigate. I mean, I imagine that some of the the conversations you're able to have with your kids, as you're kind of alluding to, Susan, get more complicated. (laughs) They get they get Mm -hmm. more challenging, Mm -hmm. and uh, some of the maybe social interaction or social engagements or, or environments that you want to put them in, like navigating those can can be a hard thing. And and I just I think about how, like, going back to this idea of goals, like, one, one goal is just that we love our kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want my kids to know that I love them. And mm-hmm. I think we'd all want that. We, we want, I mean, we don't we generally want to have meaningful relationships with our family members? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we want those to be sure. good, healthy, um, fluid relationships where we, we interact and, and we, we value each other's opinions or value each other the things that, that we're walking through and mm-hmm. um, as our kids get older they, they walk through more challenging things that mm-hmm. uh, praise the Lord we have parents and and uh, maybe spiritual parent like mm-hmm. uh, like godly men and women in our lives who, are, who have gone before us or experienced similar things who are able to speak to that mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's a certain failure that we didn't have that somebody else in our in our church family has had that can speak into the i mean i just think about you know liz you're, you're bringing this this idea up of of like 
this idea of with, like doing with, or mm-hmm. like God came near and, and is, it was with us. And, and as parents, we, we want to model and, and come alongside and them to kind of come along with us, or we mm-hmm. come along, like we, we start to come along with them. And, and you know, I saw a pastor parent um, talking about like his son's really into, like he's really talented at playing basketball and he doesn't, he's not as, knowledgeable about the intricacies of basketball and so even like being willing to like go to his son's level and just listen to him share about mm-hmm. things that he doesn't mm-hmm. know it's not always mm-hmm. that we have to be yeah. teaching them but sometimes right. like being able to have that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. relationship foster where it's like i'm learning from my son or my child mm-hmm. about the things that they love but then mm-hmm. um i think that they're i'm just so thankful for uh when i was a teenager and 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 even beyond like up to this point in my life to have so many godly voices and speak into my life and, and kind of come along with me or mm-hmm. pull me along and, and like to be able to make the gospel accessible to me in, mm-hmm. in real and tangible ways where like I was navigating hard things and I had like these were the questions of my life at that time and I didn't know what to do about them and they were with me in that mm-hmm. and they talked with me through that and, and brought me alongside and I want that for my kids. Like I, I, I pray that that there are godly men and women who who are excited to to speak mm-hmm. truth um, into to our, to my kids as as they continue to get older and 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 to just spur them on mm-hmm. and, as and and to like as parents we we need to spur each other on as as we're mm-hmm. going and, and encourage each other as we're navigating these things. As we as we kind of come to a close here, I just last question for for both of you. How have you been learning to trust Christ with your family? What's that look like for you? Well, I'll say for me, I think I've only learned to do that again in my <clears throat> older years. I think that, um, as I said, when my kids were little, I think I felt so much of a burden or a pressure that you know they have to be a certain way, or I have to do a certain thing, and you know, and I. I don't think I didn't trust the Lord as much at, at all when my kids were um, young, and I think as they are adults um, now, and I see well. For one, we are fortunate enough that all of our kids are believers, and we don't take that for granted. Um, we are very thankful for that, um, and that's just God's grace. <laughs> I mean, we yes tried to model it, but as we said, we can't make that happen for them. So I'm just thankful that that has happened. But um, as we as we have navigated difficult situations with them as adults i think that's when i've learned to trust god more because i think that um it's finally hit me the concept of sovereignty and what that means at least what it means to me in in regards to the lord and that is that he um he has he knows everything everything um he is in complete control of everything i can trust him with everything i don't have to think i've got to say the right prayer or i got to pray for the right things or what if i don't pray for the right things and that uh, you know he didn't, he didn't say you got to pray for the right things he just said come to me come boldly to my throne of grace and ask me for wisdom mm-hmm. when you need wisdom and i will give you i will give you things you couldn't even imagine he doesn't he doesn't say you've got to ask for the right thing in the right way and i i think i've learned to trust him more i've seen i've seen him work um i try to remind myself um as david did you know well can i kill this giant well let's see god was with me when i killed the bear and Mm -hmm. when i killed the lion so i've tried to take that concept and go okay 
these hard situations, let's look back. What has God done in the past in our lives? Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, he got us through this situation and that situation. Why would I think he's not going to get us through the next situation? And why can I not still exhibit joy of my the joy of my salvation while also praying through the struggles and and knowing that he he's got it. You know, he mm-hmm. he's got it and I can trust him with it. And so I think that that I I mean, I, I, I really feel like this is like the re- revelation for me in the last, I would say, I don't know, five to ten years of my life where I've really come to this realization that I can rest. This doesn't mean I do it perfectly all the time. <laughs> just to say, just a disclaimer. Yeah. But, um, but, but more and more I find that I can let it go and let mm. it and, – and, and trust him doesn't mean I forget about what's happening or mm-hmm. don't think about it or don't or don't pray about it, but I, I feel more assurance, I think, than I ever have. And that's just a good place to be. It's a good place to be, to feel that peace that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so That's good. Yeah. That was really encouraging to me here, actually. Mm-hmm. I just like listening to you. Yeah, I think for me, a truth that I've really had to hold on to a lot with, like, Shiloh's story right now and just, like, all, all – the things and even with like COVID like all the things that are happening in our world right now too um, is that God loves my family more than I do and that um, is very freeing and just relieves so much anxiety right Um, and just what Susan said too of I can go to God and ask him for wisdom when it comes to my family when it comes to parenting when it comes to like speaking okay what is true about you God and this thing that she cares about like this maybe this argument with or conflict with her brother that is so massive to her that seems so small to me mm-hmm. give me the words to speak um that she can receive your word and and it be good news to her right now um i think taking a step back and taking my eyes off of my record mm-hmm. and what have i done what have i done well today what have i done poorly today or yeah what are have i checked the boxes off of we've done our bible stories or we've like brought her with us on this like during this ministry thing and just like lift my eyes Mm -hmm. and look at the story of scripture and see he is the per like god is the perfect father Mm -hmm. and what did adam and eve do they sinned they rebelled (laughs) they mistrusted god Mm -hmm. and to look and see that my kids hearts are the same as mine i in my natural self like i i distrust god Mm -hmm. um i doubt his goodness and I need the gospel every day. My children need the gospel every day. So again, just going back to what I had shared before about like I want to hold out Jesus as like what they need, that his words are eternal life. And I want to trust that. And in faith, like I'm gonna give them the word. I wanna like pour that into them. But at the end of the day, kind of like what you said, Susan, it's not on me. Like I can't make my children believe. I can't make them follow the Lord, but I can have a great hope mm-hmm. because mm-hmm look at what he did to prove his love for us. And like he has, and what Eric said earlier about him, you know, coming and being with us, like his promise is that we're not doing this on our own. We're not parenting and he's not sitting over, you know, in the side watching our every move. He's, he's united us to himself mm-hmm. and his spirit goes with us. And again, like loves our kids so much more than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and gives us that love. Like we can ask him for that and say, please fill me with the compassion and the wisdom that you you know you have around this situation or this season, and and he'll be faithful to give that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, like mm-hmm. Susan said, that I want to believe that every day, but I yeah, mm-hmm. it comes in seasons, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. 
sometimes it takes reminders. I think Jeff was giving me some reminders last night, and hope was one of the things he was talking about. He's like, you know, there may be this struggle and that struggle, but there's hope. Yeah. Which which goes back to my comment about David. It's like, well, God's worked in the past. Why would I not hope in his his provision in the future? Why would I think, well, yeah. this must be it. He's done all he's going to do. It's not. Mm-hmm. He's he's There's still more to do, and we have that hope. And that's how we can live free and joyful is with that hope that only believers have, which, yeah, is yeah. a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. I keep, I keep coming back to this idea of, of Jesus. Just, like he, he describes his heart as, as gentle and lowly in nature and, and um, how the God of the universe has decided to make himself known as gentle and lowly mm-hmm. and, and how uh, – and, and so in some ways that means that like the, the way that God views me is – I'm, I'm not just this walking disappointment to him. Right. <laughs> and I know the same is true in my heart for my, my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're not disappointments. And, and I'm just so thankful for the way God has is, is shown his love to me. And, and I, I think that that's what gives me hope is knowing, knowing these things, coming, coming to, to realize, um, like, I can, get, I can get beyond, and I need to continue to learn to, to get beyond my own uh, self-perceived brilliance, right? And and to, to trust that, man, God is is so good, and yet mm-hmm. He's made Himself lowly. He's made Himself accessible, mm-hmm. and and then, like, how do, how can I learn to to follow Him in that, and and learn to be mm-hmm. like that for my kids, and, and loving them, and and something that that people don't know about me is uh, I actually like to sing, but I don't like to sing in front of people. So, I, but I like to sing with my kids. And it's just, it's been so sweet to, like, the songs that are on my heart that, that the Lord has given me, to hear those coming out of my kids' voices, mm-hmm. like, to mm-hmm. hear them just, like, randomly singing those songs unprompted, and to, mm-hmm. to just be reminded, like, the Lord is working in this mm-hmm. season. He's working in these times and mm-hmm. um, and in our home and in this environment. And so, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for the way He's moving. I'm, I'm thankful for... Uh, I'm thankful for the ways moving your homes and in the homes of of, uh, in, in, of the many people in, in our church family and in, in the church at large, and mm-hmm. um, the way that we can continue to to encourage one another and continue to to just be open and honest. This is where we're at, and this is what we're learning, and, and here's where we've been, and, and we can bring these questions to each other. So, um, you know, I think I think we've found the point today. I think we've arrived at, at this mm-hmm. uh, reality of, of uh, we always want to be looking for Jesus in, in every conversation, mm-hmm. everything that we're doing. Yeah. I think I think we found them in this in this conversation as we're talking about family discipleship and how he, how he's moving before us and he's with us and right. um yeah. and so and and that we're all on this journey together as as people who are we're kingdom people we're, mm-hmm. we're walking together on mm-hmm. this journey and uh, we're constantly looking to find the point we're constantly looking to find how jesus is moving and intersecting our lives and um, and so I, I thank you. I, th- I praise God for the wisdom that He's given you two, and, and the experiences you've you've had, and that you've shared that with us uh, today and, and beyond. And um, and praise God, Waypoint Church. I hope that uh, this this podcast episode blesses you as it's blessed me, just to, to be sitting with these two. And um, hope that you all have a great week. 